0: Welcome back to the FN Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klee. And on today's episode, Gabe Yardins and I, we're back on the mic for our weekly episode where we dive into things that are on our mind. This week, of course, naturally, we talk about fitness. I had just gotten done with a great workout. We talk about what that workout was, what it was like, how it's like to introduce new athletes to training. And then, of course, we dive into the business side of fitness, talk about as a gym owner, some of the things that maybe I could have improved the last couple of years including our grand opening at NC fit Omaha lessons learned there. And we finish up with some screen time, Gabe's feedback and talking about element. One of our new partners of the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do simple, ask tell a friend, enjoy the previous episodes and keep training hard. See you later. Recording in progress. So uh, what's up, dude? I just got done uh, working out with a, member that hasn't been in the gym for about two or two and a half years. And so this is a quick shout out for gym owners out there. I was talking to this gentleman and I talked to him maybe like a month ago and he was apprehensive about coming back in, you know, cause he used to be super duper fit, very competitive, but he just, you know, kind of fell off a little bit during COVID. And so he was intimidated or I shouldn't say intimidated, but just wasn't ready to make that leap to come back into class. You know, it's a big hurdle. And I think that sometimes we don't put ourselves in the position of those athletes. And so I said, "Hey, why don't you just come in, work out with me?" And so last week we worked out for the first time together. He was stoked. Worked out again today, and sure enough, he just renewed his membership and came back in now as a reoccurring member. And it's just a good um, piece of advice for any gym owner out there. You know, if you have members who you haven't reached out to in a while, and maybe they used to be really engaged with your community. It's, it's tough to come back in, you know, when you got in used to your, your, whatever your new normal is. And so just re with them and offering to do a workout with them was my step. And it didn't come with any like strings attached. Like, Hey man, just come on in and work out with me. And, but it was him who was like, Oh man, I feel good. I want to come back in and join it back up. So just got done with that. Jumped on the mic, all fired up, ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah. You're looking a little sweaty. Um,
0: That's cool, man. You See that Uh, bicep pump right there. That's that bicep pump. Oh Yeah.
1: Um, no, it's cool to hear, man. It's cool to hear that someone came back in and I, I agree with you. I think the, the takeaway there, you know, for a lot of gym owners, and we talk about this all the time is, is not giving up on people, not giving up on, you know, whether it's a lead or an old member or someone that, you know, just kind of fell off in these past two years because of COVID, you know, people are going to take time, whether it's, you know, to actually feel comfortable coming back in the gym, or like you said, you know, a lot of people, sometimes more athletic, more kind of like get after it people, it becomes like this big obstacle to get over when you feel like, Hey, I was up here. Now I'm down here. And like the, like leaving the ego at the door, kind of, of like, I'm going to come back in and I'm going to be nowhere near where I was. And taking that first step to eventually get back is is tough for people. I get it. I completely, I, completely get it. Dude. And, and that's why I like, I, I try and approach you with like some
0: some level of care and grace and understand that people are. One of the things I was trying to explain to him though, is like, dude, his body's going to respond really well. Like if you had that, we've talked about this a bunch of times, but if you had it before, you'll gain it back quickly. Um, my advice for coaches though, and athletes, if you've taken off a couple years of high intensity style training, just go back in with the mindset of like lean a little bit more towards cardio instead of just the heavier loading, in my opinion, uh, and then reacclimate your body to the external load. So, like the first work that I did with him, for example, was like 25 pound plate ground overhead combined with, uh, I want to say, like an assault bike, right? Very light ground overhead. So, gave him a little bit of external load, but mainly the bike. Plus, I like plate ground overhead. But I knew love
1: that, plate ground overhead.
0: I love it. But at like the 12 minute mark of an EMOM or something, I knew that he might be sore through his hamstrings because he's kind of pulling and driving. But I knew that he'd still be able to like sit on the toilet where if I had him do like wall balls, uh, you know, loaded back squats, things like that, he probably couldn't walk for a week. And so those are considerations to have as an athlete come back in the gym or as a coach. I like to lean on lighter load, no load. And you could really if you want to throttle somebody, throttle them on things that are either body weight or a or more cardio pursuit. Cause I, I feel like it has less detrimental effects like a couple of days later versus if you break down the muscle a bunch now, you know, they'll be so sore. They might not want to come back in.
1: Well, I'll, I'll challenge you on that a little bit. Perfect, I like it. That's the way it should be just because I feel like, you know, it's very different when you're there one-on-one with this person and you can kind of like control the overall volume. But I think that, you know, saying, hey, let's go super light and go on the conditioning side, especially for an athlete that used to be, you know, fire breather type person comes back in. That to me seems like the perfect storm for someone to really mess themselves up. I rather lean on the, hey, let's really focus on the strength portion today. Let's do a little bit of tempo work. Let's get those positions right. Let's feel, have you feel good squatting with a barbell. Obviously not, you know, a 20 rep max today. Like let's do a five by five and keep it relatively moderate than say, Hey, let's do a bunch of playground overhead. Cause I understand that in your circumstance, it's different, but in a group class, which I feel like is most people, most gym owners, coaches out there are going to have people coming in that, you know, it's going to be one person that hasn't trained for two years with another 14 people there. Then it can get really dicey to say, Hey, why don't you just go light today? And it's an AMRAP. Next thing you know, they've done a hundred kettlebell swings and they're pretty messed up. Yeah. I mean, that's a really um, valid point for sure. I guess I'm more
0: looking at it from a, one-on-one perspective like today i had him do uh some kettlebell swings we reduced the loading down tremendously right like the the volume number um but yeah that's a really good point like if you're in a class and you have someone come back in that hasn't been there for a while but if they're am wrapping playground overhead um and you're not like you know paying attention to the volume like giving a goal of let's just say 15 a minute versus 30 a minute uh yeah that volume even at light load could add up really quickly so yeah i mean obviously that's a huge um factor to consider right i mean anytime that you're 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 dealing with someone that has a psychological side you just got to be careful because they're going to want to push my, my goal is i want them to leave and feel like man i want more of that you know like um last week actually i was at uh, nc fit omaha we opened up a new partner location actually i think we were ta- Were do we talk about this on the last podcast i think we might have right i was about to leave for there right i think i think so and the goal of that grand opening is to have people leave and be like, wow, I learned something new. I had a bunch of fun. I got in a great workout, but I want a little bit more. Um, not like, man, I'm so trashed. I can't do anything for a week or two. You want them to like crave coming back. So that's the intention. And uh, you just got to kind of tailor it based on the individual in front of you.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the, and we've, we, I think we've discussed this on the podcast before, like one of the most like immature things that i've done as as a coach early early on is you know when you first transition from like an athlete as a coach you almost want to give people like that like you know like have them drink through a fire hose type of like exposure to intensity because for you like you've seen the results you've seen how much better you feel with high intensity training so you want someone to come in and you know especially if you're the type of person like you or me that like does enjoy a workout that leaves you flat on your back you know, you see someone, and you're like, "Hey, let's give you this experience." And I think that you know, one of the things that I learned early on, because at the gym where I started, um, the Garden City, we did foundations. So we had, you know, like people that started always did a couple one on ones before they got put into group class. And that's kind of what like the 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 novice coaches did most of those before getting into into actually coaching group class. Which a yeah. lot of gym owners probably can can recognize taking that approach. And I remember when I first started doing those, it like the goal was like, all right, let's see how, like, how much we can get them to push. Like, let's try and give them this like experience and looking back on it. Like that was a misstep, right? Like I should have definitely been approached with, uh, like you said, let's finish this hour session and have you feel like you could have done a little bit more. Like, have you feel like, like I could have gone a little bit harder because then you're going to come back. You're going to feel good the next day. Um, and I think that, you know, that was definitely a lesson learned and something that I, I know from experience and and talking to other coaches, seeing other coaches, they tend to pull that lever a little bit too hard with people too early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the one that really opened my eyes. So when I first got into CrossFit, I was working at a traditional gym and at the time I was doing bodybuilding I loved it. And then Austin Begebing, one of my original coaches introduced me to .com. And so I started following that. And I got introduced to the GHD sit-up and I I think I went to my level one in San Diego. This is like in 2007 or something like that. And I go to my level one and they introduced to the GHD at the time they did a station rotation where they introduced to the ab mat sit-up, the GHT, if I'm not mistaken, and like the rower, they ended up getting rid of that in the future. But anyways, so when I was introduced to the GHD sit-up, I had, I had rarely, if ever felt anything as potent on my abs right? Because you're taking your full body, for those people that don't know what a GHD sit-up is, a glute ham developer is this apparatus that you can either use it facing down or facing up. Facing down, you could do a glute ham raise, you could do a a hip extension, a back extension, or you could flip over and do GHD sit-ups. Now, the reason why GHD sit-ups are so potent is because you're taking much of your body weight and you're working it through a long range of motion. As we've talked about here before, even on the Kavagalipa, the large load, a long distance quickly packs a big punch. Well, with the GHD, when you're sitting on it, you have the large load, you're going a long distance, you're doing it quickly. So I fell in love with it, right? So this gentleman comes into the gym one day and he's a friend of my dad's. At the time, he was probably like 55, 60, give or take. Comes in, pretty fit guy. And he's like, hey, I want to really blast my abs today. I'm thinking, dude, I got the perfect thing for you. Like, I I got this. I was so (laughs) like- I was like, I got this. And I was like, we're going to do 150 GHD sit-ups for time. And so we do it. And it wasn't like, it was it was crazy, but it wasn't like that crazy, right? That's It's pretty crazy. It was crazy. But like, it, we got through it, right? And I just remember, so I didn't see him for like maybe three, four days, right? And I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. He would come into the gym every day. So about four or five days later, he comes in and he's hunched over. Like he's 80, 90 years old, like hunched over. Like, I mean, his hip flexors were just blown. He's hinged over at the hip. And I look, I was like, bro, what's up? And he's like, dude, bro, what's up?" he goes, I've had swelling throughout my hip flexors. I can't stand up. I cannot, I cannot find extension. My body is so, he's like, I don't, I, I can't remember if he said he had some bruising or stuff. I don't know. But I just remember looking at him and saying to myself, like, that was too much, too quick. And I did this guy a disservice and like, shame on me. I just remember it like distinctly, like being like, dude, I tried to show him a good time, but I actually injured him. And now for an entire week, this guy's been wrecked. Can't even stand up. Can't do his job. Can't, can't do anything. And it's because of me. And that was a really eye-opening experience, not to place my fitness level on new people. And also like. Don't, don't try and hit home runs right from the beginning, you know, get some base hits, get some wins with your, with your people. And over time, maybe when you start to get to know them, well, maybe you can hit some like crazy hard workouts, but that was a really big learning lesson for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing you have to keep in mind, you know, yes, that that's a, 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 relatively large load moving a long distance but you can make the argument that there's other movements that move an even larger load a longer distance and don't have the potential to mess you up like the ghc sit-up yeah,
0: what so people po- have to
1: realize is you know there's just so much eccentric loading and because you can snap the knees and like throw your hands forward yeah. like you can continue through this range of motion way past the point where you would be able to do it controlled for example Yep. And that's like, that's where people get messed up. That's why people can get messed up doing, um, you know, kipping pull-ups if they haven't done stuff for a while, even like, you know, high volume air squats, like really bouncing out of the bottom. The way I like to think of it is anything that you can really aid yourself in getting more volume done that you wouldn't be able to do if you were doing it slow and controlled is like the red flag area for this type of like, you know, not even getting into the world of RABDO, though, but just like extreme delayed onset muscle soreness where like people are not going to be happy campers for like two or three days. Yeah. I mean, so, um, my,
0: my most recent exposure to rhabdo at this gym, we we have had a few cases in the 15 years, but the most recent one, like this was like probably like, four years ago and it was because of pushups actually. And, um, it was pushups and it was at a corporate wellness event. And so that's what it was. It was the guy had some capacity. I can't remember if we were doing a uh, hand release or what it was, but he ended up getting rabdo from, from pushups. So that was, that was an opening experience for me too, to your point that eccentric loading. He had some great, you know, he was, he was tough. He was a tough guy and he didn't, you know, hold it
1: against us. He, but that was, that was how he got it was from pushups. Yeah, man. Tough guy and not being able to say no gets, gets you in trouble. Here's a funny story that I haven't shared with you yet. And I mean, I I was like, I was pretty, pretty sore and pretty messed up. Um, And again, you know, like, this is me, like not being able to say no, but, and we've been talking about this quite a bit on the podcast. I've been, been doing like any conditioning or like, you know, Metcon type workouts, been really enjoying like doing more bodybuilding type stuff, super slow, like really focusing on like, Hey, what muscles are working? It's been fun. Now I've been reintroducing it and, and uh, you know, it's kind of how I've broken up my year and we can talk about that a little bit more. Cause I think a lot of people can benefit from same way we plan as a business, as a marketing team. Like one thing that I has really benefited me is like looking at my year and saying, Hey, when do I want to focus on aesthetics? When do I want to focus on strength? When do I want to start focusing on conditioning again, based on, you know, how I know the weather is going to be based on, you know, what it is that I'm trying to train for. But anyway, yeah. All that in the context of when I was in California, what was it? Two weeks ago now. Yeah, um, I think it, was, it was. Yeah, it was two weeks.
0: Because two weeks we ago, had the uh,
1: competition, then the next week we had Omaha opening. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so on Sunday, Saturday night, we're like, Jason, we're gonna go work out in the morning. Meet us there. Great. Me and MDB go at seven thirty, and we're there. We're working out. Jason was I don't know sleeping in, messing around. Who knows? But he shows up at like eight thirty. So. We've already been working out. I've already been working out for an hour, doing like you know little chest stuff, getting a good pump. A little this, little that. And Jason's like, "Let's do an Imam. Let's do an Imam." I was like, "All right, fine. Let's do an Imam." And so we ended up doing 21 minutes. It was minute one was 500 meters on the C2 erg, which was you know to your point, like if you're holding. What was it a 145 pace? You can no, get it. I mean, as long as you hold below a two-minute pace and you start right at the top of the minute, you're good. But yeah, Got like it. 155. Got it. So that, you know, like if you're like in relatively good aerobic shape, not too bad on its own, then there was also the burpees. We did 15 minute burpees, but the middle one swings 25 Oh, play rushing ke- no Russian, oh, no, kettlebell Russian It was Russian 25 swings. Russian kettlebell swings. So it was a 20 minute EMOM, those three stations. So it ended up being seven times per exercise, seven by 25, you know, you're looking at, what is that, 175 Russian kettlebell swings with the the two pooed 70 pound kettlebell. Dude, my back, hamstrings and glutes were shredded to pieces. Hey, for like man. three, four days. And if i you didn't you're probably help. doing it right. If your hamstrings were all lit up, you're probably doing it pretty right. Well, yeah, doing it right. But I mean, what I was getting to is the responsible thing for me to do would have been to have brought that down a little bit. Because it, it, that's a lot of volume if you haven't been doing any of that type of training. And, you know, I fall, I fall under the bucket. I know that you ended up um, like scaling up your reps a little bit because, you know, you felt good. You've been doing this type of training. I, I stayed at the bare minimum and it was tough, man. Like I I definitely struggled towards the end. It was a really good imam, but the right thing for me to do, just kind of like taking a step back and looking at how much hinging volume that was. Cause the burpee is no big deal. The bike, obviously not, not something that's going to mess you up, leave you sore, but the kettlebell swings, you know, me being falling in the bucket that I could do it. Like I got it done, you know, like I was able to hold on, but was that something that, you know, was maybe a little too much too soon for the average member, for example, like if I was the average member, I couldn't have gone to class the next day or the day after, or I definitely wouldn't have wanted to. And I think that's a good real life example of, you know, having to be careful and, and, and really kind of like, you know, checking your ego at the door, because I wasn't going to scale down what we were doing. Cause it was you me and MBD, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, you guys do it how you said it. I'm going to do 15 kettlebell swings or grab the lighter one, so on and so forth, which, you know, maybe would have been a more prudent decision for me.
0: Yeah. And 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 then pulling that same thread, right? I have to be aware. I mean, maybe not in this case as much, but like you have to be aware of not to place your own personal fitness level on the team. Now, now I, I try and be careful, especially when I'm training with other people, not to ever put any pressure in any way. It's like, hey guys, this is what I'm going to shoot for. You do you, right? Um, but like for me, that was a relatively low-key EMOM, right? Like in in my head. And so I'm thinking like, yeah, this is like a kind of low-key, But again, it's important not to place your fitness level on the entire group because something you think might be low key might not be low key for the entire group. And you got to be aware of that. So, you know, like yesterday, for example, we did every Tuesday, our staff gets together and we hit workouts that are coming up in the future at NC fit. And we have a videographer there. So it's like a videographer session slash, like, get like 10 of our coaches going and just throw down. And yesterday, man, we went into the belly of the beast. There was like 12 of us and we got after a row burpee box jump workout, man, we, we just thrashed it. It was so good energy vibes, were right? But then we had another workout to do after that. And I was just exhausted. So it's just like, you know, something to be careful of too, is like when you're putting yourself in these positions, like when the vibes are right, the energy is high. If you haven't been doing that type of training for a while, you might need to scale it back because your body will tell you, let's do it. Your mind will tell you, let's go. And then all of a sudden, three days later, you'll be regretting that decision. So just something to pay close attention to.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to get back to it though. I've been, I've been you know, cherry picking some NCX and NC Metcon workouts on the app this week. It's been fun to get back into it. I think another really nice thing, at least for me, about like periodizing my, my training and, and taking breaks from this type of training and that type of training is like the genuine excitement that you get about going back to it. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes, at least for me, And this dates all the way back to when I was, you know, doing triathlons and training for that stuff, um, you know, full time, taking a break from whatever you're doing and just changing things up and then coming back to it and being like genuinely super excited to get back to it. It's such a refreshing feeling. Whereas I feel like, you know, if you stick to the same thing, or at least this is in my experience, I know that you love hitting, you know, one specific type of workout like every day and you love that as part of your routine for me, it's been so nice to every time I shift focus, like it just feels so exciting to get back to it. And it's good because, you know, I work out alone and, you know, part of that is circumstances. Like there isn't a, a a gym around here that would be like convenient enough, but I feel like that's especially important when every day, you know, it's me at the barn, obviously Ariel's with me when we work out, but you know, she's 32 weeks pregnant. She's doing her own thing over there. Um, so it's nice to ha- like have the genuine excitement to get back to this type of training because I haven't done it for a while because if I was just doing it 365 by myself in the barn, it'd be tough. It'd be difficult. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, obviously being in a group environment, so huge,
0: you know, I know for me, I pushed the hardest on Tuesdays when the whole crew is there. Or when I'm, you know, training with the guys here at the gym. I mean, I, I generally take class or I'm with people working out pretty much every day. Um, but for me, I, I shift back and forth between jujitsu. So that's a nice way to kind of go back and forth and and get that dynamic. But yeah, to your point, like whether you're following our NC Flex Flex program for a little bit and then maybe you shift over to one of our other tracks and you go back, it's a nice way to switch it up if you are training alone. But uh, you know, my recommendation is if you can find an NC Fit partner gym one of our gyms or use our app. I mean, obviously that's huge. Um, and if you're in the Omaha area, they just opened up a uh, solid gym, solid group of people. So if you are out in that area, make sure to go check those guys out because they're doing some really
1: cool things. Yeah, and for anyone that falls, you know, in this bucket, which I, I assume is a lot of people. So I've, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I, w- I want to look good. I want to feel good. But especially after the open last year, you know, the open last year was the first time in a few years where, you know, I threw down with a bunch of my like old, old buddies. And it was like a fun way to like reconnect and start talking a little bit of smack in the text threads. So like where I would put myself in like my fitness goals overall is like, I want to spend, I would say like 70% of my year, like really working on like aesthetics and feeling good, but like come the open in February, like, I want to be able to do those workouts and I want to be able to put something up that I'm like proud of and talk a little bit of smack with my friends. So I do think that, you know, if that's, if you fall under that bucket, which I would assume a lot of people do, you know, like it's not the biggest deal in the world, how you score in the open, but like, you know, you also don't want to like come out of shape. And most of the year you just want to kind of work on feeling good and looking good. I think now is like a good time to start shifting focus a little bit to give you enough time so that, you know, it's not, Hey, January, like, how do I, you know, figure out how to get my conditioning in, in play in one month? I think that that's really little bit about a time. So that's why I'm switching more to like conditioning type workouts. Now checking out NCX, checking out NC Metcon. I love what compete has going on, um, as some like additional accessory work. And I love the fact that, you know, obviously I don't want to follow like one program, like we're like day by day. So it's nice to kind of like cherry pick and poke around. and, And there's always a good workout in there to check out. For sure. I mean, right now, what it's it's, so the Rogue Invitational, I leave tomorrow
0: for the Rogue Invitational. It's three workouts. So I have one workout a day and I looked at the timesheet. So they still haven't released the workouts, but they sent how long they are. So the first one is 17 minutes. The second one's 12 minutes. The third one's 12 minutes. That's the time allotted. So I don't know if that's like a 17-minute workout or if that's just like the cutoff. I I have no idea, right? Um, But today is Wednesday. I just got done hitting it super hard tomorrow. I'll probably not hit it as hard Friday, hit the workout, Saturday, hit the workout, Sunday, hit the workout. And then, um, Monday I will be shifting gears because I think I'm going to be competing in a jiu-jitsu tournament two weeks from then. Uh, and the reason why I'm competing is because I'm right on the cusp of my next belt and I want to get in whatever I can at purple belt before I hopefully get my Brown belt towards the end of the year. So then, cause I'm probably not gonna be able to compete for like a year because you're just, I, I, it just, it's, it's too, too big of a jump. I need to spend about a year refining my skills. So that's why I'm trying to get in a few more before the end of the year, which will position me well for doing the open leading into the new year. I I feel 95% confident I will be doing the open this year and I'll actually be like inspired to do it. Took me like five years off, but uh, I think, I think I'm ready to
1: do it. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, for so long, the open and the competitive CrossFit season was like your life. I can't imagine, you know, how much that took over and got to the point where like, you know, did you really want to do Jackie again? Probably not, but you know, time passes and it's, it's fun to get to the point where hopefully come February, you are genuinely excited to, you know, see what you can do. Does that mean that you're trying to go to the games or compete as a Masters knowing you probably not, but you know, it's, it's nice to be able to go out there and put a score next to your name that you're genuinely proud of, um, you know, given your history, especially. Yeah. And it it also, you know, it's interesting
0: because first off you have to want it for yourself. Like, I think that's important to note. like for anybody who ever wants to compete in anything, like you can't do it because, you know, you're trying to make money or be famous or, uh, Like you have to want it for yourself, because if you don't like it, it just requires so much sacrifice, so much dedication that it has to be something you have to internally want, whether that's in whatever you want to compete in. And so for me, I just haven't internally wanted necessarily to go for the open, but now I do also because like, I'm looking at my scores on certain workouts compared to other peers. Like we have some guys here who are trying to compete, like, and I look at like how I perform against them and I'm like, wow, like, okay maybe I can qualify for the, you know, semifinals or whatever it is. Let's see what's possible. And it's exciting for me. Um, But I I think what's important to note is that whatever your goal is, whatever you want to compete in, you have to do it for yourself. If it's a Tough Mudder, a Spartan race, jujitsu, a a half marathon, it's got to be something you want to do, not because like someone's telling you that they want you to do it, you know? Um, Cause otherwise you just won't be successful at it. It requires too much work and dedication. It'll just fizzle out. And this is the first time in a very long time that I really feel excited about competing. And I don't know exactly what clicked. Um, maybe to your point, like it's a time thing, you know, like for 10 years, I competed year round. And then when Ava got sick, I just totally transformed the way I looked at like fitness. And now it's been, you know, five, six years and- Maybe that shifts again. I mean, look at Froning; he just admitted, or he just he just said yesterday he's not doing team
1: anymore. You know, things shift. Yeah, I mean, things always kind of run their course, right? Whether it's being excited about something or being missing something so much that you kind of want to dive back into it. Like all this stuff is is super cyclical. Um, but I'm excited excited to have you be a part of it um, come February. It, it'll be fun. Before we get to any next topic, though, definitely want. Kind of an announcement, kind of just a a, a thing to talk about here. You know, Element is a brand that I know you use. I got it in here right now, baby. And that has been an absolute lifesaver for me here in Texas. So Texas broke like every single heat record on the books this year. And, you know, having the farm, having the animals, like we spent a lot of time outside. And I cannot tell you how nice it was to be able to fill up my like big gallon Yeti with like three elements and go outside and like stay hydrated. And the really interesting thing, you know, there was one day where I forgot to take any liquid outside. And because I've been keeping track of my weight every single day, the amount of weight that dropped between that day and the next was really, really impressive. So it was nice to have that data. But anyway, roundabout way of saying that we love Element. They're now a friend of the podcast, which we're super excited about. And we'll have a link in the show notes that people can go try out a sample pack. It's an awesome product, really good flavors. Anything you wanted to say, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I just said, so Element, L-M-N-T is like the the brand.
0: And if you listen to his show, like I, maybe even a year ago, we had Rob Wolf on the show. And Rob Rob was one of the creators or the creator of Element. And he originally kind of got me going on it. I had tried it a bunch, a few times before that. But then after he spoke about like basically the sodium, potassium, and magnesium inside of it. After we started talking about it, I started using it. So for me, the way I use it is I fill up one of these big Yeti uh, jugs. If you put it like in a cup, it's pretty salty. But if you put it in here, it, sh- it makes your water taste super good. And I use it on days I'm training super hard. So like yesterday, I did something in the garage with Ava in the morning at 9.30, I ended up doing two really difficult workouts. And then I rode my bike to have to go pick up my truck that had a flat tire. So there was like a lot of volume of movement. And so I love it on days like that where I feel like maybe I'm I'm more susceptible to dehydrating. And so I'll throw it in my water. It makes it easier for me to drink. And uh, it makes me feel good. I also am going to use it at the Invitational. And like when I was competing in Jiu-Jitsu, I loaded the hell out of those things because I'm more anxious, more nervous. I'm expending a lot of energy and I feel like it gives me a more of an edge by not feeling as depleted, for me at least. So I'm super stoked to have them as a part of
1: the podcast. Yeah, so definitely check out the note in, um, well, the show notes for the link, grab yourself a free sample pack and let us know how you like the different flavors. But Jay, is there anything else dude, you wanted to cover here? Dude, the free sample pack, uh,
0: not to go off on a tangent, but they have one there called like uh, what is it? Mango, uh, the chili one? Have you had? Oh,
1: that? yeah, mango chili is actually one of my favorite flavors,
0: dude. And so I, I would never think that would be good. Um, have you tried it? Yeah, yeah. In the, um, it was good in the sampler pack. Like I normally stick with like the orange or the lime or whatever,
1: but it is much better than I anticipated. Let's put it that way. I've heard. I, I haven't personally done this. We're not big drinkers here, but I can imagine this being really good salting your rim of like a margarita with that one exactly like the mango chili element is supposed to taste really good i have yet to try it but i can see that being really good like if you like salt on your rim of your margaritas and if you like a spicy margarita i can see that being a really really good way to go yeah, I can see that.
0: You know, I'm a, I'm more of a mezcal margarita type of guy, but uh, yeah, I can put a mezcal there. guy. Yeah, I'm a big, big mezcal, mezcal guy, guy. dude. And, and, and so with the uh, with but the big element, John Wick guy, I'm a big John Wick guy. I wanna I wanna make sure that I uh you know get again uh um we're gonna be getting Rob on the show to talk a little bit more about this because I'm 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 particularly fascinated by Element because of how good it makes me feel. I'm particularly interested about getting excessive sodium in your diet versus um, incorporating it through something like what they have and the difference and why their product is so much better than like, what is the difference between eating a Big Mac with a bunch of sodium and their product? Uh, Obviously there's factors in in terms of caloric intake and things like that, but I want to get Rob on the show to talk more about it and we will, but Gabe and I have seen great results and success from it and stoked to have him as a partner of the podcast for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to record the podcast with Rob. I have a bunch of questions for him that I'd love to dive into, but anyway. Yeah, no, for, for sure. So yeah, man, I look,
0: I was out at uh, Omaha. Um, You know, one of the things I learned while I was there, and this is just like a quick, I'm, I i don't know if this is like a gym owner tangent, but I'll, I'll give it real quick. When I was there, we, we had the grand opening structured and, I'll take some responsibility for this. I said, Hey, look, let's schedule a class after the class. Let's have one big class after it. We'll have the celebration. We'll have waffles. We'll have bacon. We'll have whatever. And you know, if we have 50 people or hundred people or whatever, I'll figure it out. That was kind of like my, my theory. And dude, it hit this number that was just like right on the cusp. And I had to make a decision of keeping it indoors or going outdoors And so, you know, just something that I would do probably in the future, we did have signups, but I think as a learning lesson from a grand opening perspective, if you think you're gonna have more people and you can fit inside, probably um, with the plan B, get your music ready, get your location ready because I was too lax about it. Meaning I didn't think we'd get to the point where we had to go outside but we were like right on the cusp of doing so. And I should have had an outdoor speaker ready. I should have had outdoor placement ready and we didn't have that. So I didn't feel as comfortable taking the group outside. So if anybody's ever interested in having a grand opening and you think you might hit your threshold indoors already have everything preset to be outdoors if you need to. And that was a learning lesson for me that I, I didn't have ready. And so it encouraged me to stay on the inside, which it worked out fine, but I think, um, it was borderline, uh, Too many people indoors. So make sure you have indoor and outdoor ready if you are going to say you're only going to have one class.
1: That's a really good learning, man. Really good learning. Um, One thing that I wanted to share from last week is, you know, I was talking about like really cutting down my screen time and recognizing that, you know, I think that's an area where, you know, we're always talking about, you know, people challenging themselves and like, you know, adopting healthy habits and, nutrition, exercise, being like tough for people, but it's not really tough for us or it's definitely not tough for me, right? Like for me, my daily workout and eating the right things, hydrating, luckily has just become so ingrained in like just how I live my life that it's no longer something that like, I'm like, man, I need to work on this. But, you know, in coming up with topics for the healthy habits, emails that have been going out and that now are on our blog, which people should definitely check out, You know, really kind of taking a look in the mirror, I was like, I'm doing myself no favors by how much time I spend staring at the supercomputer in my pocket. So I did a couple things, and I don't remember which ones I, I went through last week, but it's been a full week and a half now that I have a time limit set on Instagram. So the screen time app in your phone is actually super useful. Like the way that they let you a look at the data, like how you can look at your screen time. Your screen time for app. Another kind of like, kind of alarming statistics. Is you you can see how many pickups you have per day. So oh, how many dude. times are you actually like picking up and opening your phone? And you can see which app do you usually go directly to after your pickup. And just kind of like looking at all this data was really eye opening to me because you know I'd like to tell myself that you know I'm on my phone all the time because like I have Slacks coming in for work and I have emails and so on and so forth. But like, you know like. Eighty percent of my pickups, I'm like opening Instagram first. Like you know, it, it's just been, it's been really eye opening. Like what I'm using my eye, eye, my phone for. So I set a screen time limit for Instagram specifically because that t- tends to be the biggest culprit for me. I set what is um I forget what the name of it is. I think it's oh downtime or something. So between eight p.m. Sorry, between six p.m. and eight a.m. All the apps on my phone are blocked except for like email, Slack, um, the app that I use to like input all my food um, to count my macros, stuff that like I I realistically do need or potentially need to check in, in quote unquote off hours. So you can set those times and you can customize which apps you allow to be accessible at all times and which apps are blocked during this quote unquote downtime. And the cool thing is like, say you do need to use something like you can always just override it, but it's been really nice that like, you know, I'll go because some of this stuff is like subconscious. Like you literally you're bored and I'm like opening my phone and clicking on an app. Yeah. It'll give you a, Hey, your screen time has run out on this app and it's enough to be like, okay, put your phone down and go do something else. And I got to tell you, man, it's been a week and a half and the impact it has had on just like how much less I like need to have it with me. And, you know, now I do stuff like the sauna I'll do the sauna probably three times a week. And I go in there for 20 minutes and I used to always like bring it in with me in the beginning and just kind of like read stuff, scroll. And then I would put a podcast on and put it like right outside to where I can hear the podcast. Yeah. Now I've been spending the sauna time. Like it's just me in the sauna. That's it. Like no book, no Instagram, no, nothing. And this is all from the comfort crisis book that I recommended. And just really talking about like how we have, we don't have the ability to be bored anymore. And then the last rule that has been in the beginning, it was like, dude, it's so weird, but it's so crazy that now it's weird remembering when this wasn't a thing. I don't bring my phone into the bathroom anymore. So no phone in the bathroom, just go to the bathroom, just fucking sit there. Like we used to be able to just sit there. And it's crazy that now, like, you'd ask 100 people if they take the phone with them into the yeah. bathroom 80 90% yeah. dude more like 99% so that's my other rule and anyway it's just all these things were so weird in the beginning and you're literally sitting there like what did i ever do when like a phone didn't exist but i i've really been enjoying it i think it's been a really good exercise and a challenge for me because again some of these other healthy habits that i know a lot of people you know are challenges for them you know, once you get to the point that those things are in your back pocket, I do think that there are some benefits to finding things like really, really introspectively looking and being like, what can I do a little bit better? And kind of like challenging yourself to get better at those things. So dude, anyway, I just thought I'd share that. It's been, uh it's been quite the experience and really eye opening in the beginning. Did you know problem. what's funny is
0: at my grandma's house, I remember this specifically, if you sat on the toilet in front of you, uh, she used to put like these, like uh, inspirational like posters up, but the one that used to be always right in front of me was give to the world the best you have, and the best will come back to you. Here I am t- 20, 30 years later, whatever it is. And I I could repeat that like it's t- yesterday because you'd be sitting on that damn toilet and you just <laughs> look at that, give to the world the, the best you have, and the best will come back to you. And you just kept regurgitating it because you had shit up. You didn't have anything else to do. So you're just hey. sitting there <laughs> and so talk about like, uh, maybe in front of my kid's toilet, I should put like, you know, work hard, you know, whatever. Uh, effort and, over everything. Yeah, effort over, you know. <laughs> but it, 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 it's just funny how all these years later, and that's what I remember. And it's because at the time you had nothing else. Um, you know, some people would bring in newspapers and magazines or whatever else. <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, going into the new year, I know we'll do some type of challenge here at NCFID. And I think that, you know, being real with myself there's certain things that are very difficult for me to give up, um, you know, coffee, uh, maybe I would say it's, it'd be harder for me to give up coffee than it would be for me to give up alcohol. In my opinion, um, it'd probably be easier for me to give up alcohol than it would for me to give up coffee potentially. Um, but the screen time thing, I think should be something I'm going to focus on in the beginning of the year. Cause I think that that's a manageable thing to do. I think that it won't affect my relationship with my kids or my wife. Like it'll be, it'll actually impact that in a positive way. And, um, so I will, I will add that in as my, my new year's goal. So for the EOE challenge or
1: whatever we end up doing, uh, I'll, I'll add that one in. And, and for as much as technology gets bashed for being like, you know, the reason so many things are bad and anxiety and so on and so forth. The reason that this has been so impactful for me, I think is, is the technology of like the screen time app, like, I wouldn't be able to help you with the technology. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is like, I think sometimes technology gets like billified a little bit too much. For sure. And at the end of the day, like you just, you can either use the screen time app to like set some really good boundaries and have a better relationship with technology, or you can use technology to like fall into like a TikTok wormhole and not come out for four hours. It, at the end of the day, it falls on us, right? Like we 100%. decide what we want to do because the tools are there. And it's actually really good. Like you can customize those alerts so that you don't have an excuse. Because like, it's not like I'm gonna lock my phone in a safe at 6 p.m. Because what if my parents call? What if Ariel needs something? Right. You know, what if I'm still finishing up some work? Like I need access to these things. So you can actually go in there and yes, give yourself access to the things that are important, but like really acknowledge like, do you need access to TikTok past 10 p.m., past 8 p.m.? Probably not, right? Yeah. No, no, I think that's a great idea. So
0: that's something that I will, and we'll share on this podcast what we'll end up doing for the new year. Um, you know, the, the one that comes completely to mind is is that for me. Um, and then probably mess around with some type of diet. I think those are those are the two that I think could be really rewarding for me. Yeah, uh, diet's is, always good. Yeah, try a new diet, right? Something like, you know, between you and I, well, and anybody else listening, so I guess more, much more than you and I, Um, you know, I'd be open to trying like a vegan thing. Like last time I did just meat and some fruit. That's what I did last time. So I'd be open to going the complete reverse and maybe going vegetarian. Right. Um, and you, for no other reason than I'm just a really big believer in like walk the walk, talk the talk. If we're going to talk about coaching, I coach. If we're going to talk about owning gyms, we own gyms. If we're going to talk about being a vegetarian and you're going to shit on it you can at least describe how you felt after doing it for like, I only ate meat for 40 days. This is how I felt. So those are, those are things that are coming to my mind. I think, uh, I don't know if you'd be prepared
1: to do it, but it's something that I'm thinking about. Like, well, I've done it. I've done vegetarian. We did vegan. We did full on vegan. I, I I think we were already with NC fit. This is when I was living in San Rafael. We even this is back when me and Ariel had the podcast. So we actually recorded three episodes on like, Why we did it, how we felt halfway through, and how we felt after. But yeah, we did it for six weeks, full on vegan. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So I'd have to obviously, you know. So I don't have to do it again. No. And some of
0: these, (laughs) and some of these type of things, you know, you have to talk to your significant other about. Um, I think there's a fine line between having individual goals. It's like the CrossFit Games. I have individual goals. I have aspirations, and I want to go accomplish these things. And if it's really important to me, of course, my spouse will support me. But at some point, there is a factor that's put on your spouse. So for example, if I want to go compete at the CrossFit Games, well, if I'm spending six hours a day training, that impacts my family and my dynamics with my wife. So I have to be aware and and make sure she's on board. Same thing goes if I want to be vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, all meat, you name it, is making sure that my spouse is on board. You know, if it's really important to me, of course, I want to, you know, she'll be supportive, but if it's kind of important to me. I want to talk to her about it because it does affect like when we go out, when we do what, like, what kind of meals we're cooking for the family? Like, is she going to have to cook two different meals or am I going to have to cook a separate meal? And anyways, those are considerations I'll have to talk to her about.
1: Yeah. You know, speaking of the family thing, since we have a <laughs> a newborn here coming in hot in, in eight, eight to 10 weeks,
0: coming in hot.
1: Um, a, another big reason why the screen time thing became so important for me is, you know, in, in one of the parenting books that I've been reading, just something that really hit home and I'm sure you can second this is how much kids are going to learn not based off what you tell them but based off what they see and who are they going to see more they're going to see me and Ariel more and you know like going into raising a kid in this time where you know technology is super addictive and it leads to all these things like are we going to say that our kids are never going to own an iPad or a phone absolutely not right like that's a big part of how Schooling works now and all their friends are going to have it, whatever. But if I can, from the beginning, set a better example by not having my head buried into a phone all the time, even from like a young age, because they see everything from a super young age, I'd at least like to think that that's a step in the right direction towards them having a healthier balance when they grow up. So yeah. another reason why the screen time thing has been such a big deal. Yeah, and I think that's
0: another reason why I think for January that'll be something that I want to definitely spend more time. On. I think I I think I'm, you know, I have decent awareness, but I think that if I actually looked at like all the analytics I have looked at it, it's it's shocking and um and uh, almost makes me feel like you know there needs to be a change there. So I'm gonna work on that. Um, but yeah, man, dude, Ava, I was gonna tell you. Ava hit this growth spurt. So I think her bones are kind of like weaker or whatever. So she broke her foot and, uh, you mentioned that yesterday. Yeah. So it's so funny because she still wants to get in the cold plunge. And so now every morning we work out, right. And so she's in a boot and I'm having to like scale and adjust the workouts for her based on where she's at. So like this morning I had her doing, um, bench press, bicep curls and sit-ups, right. It's fine. It's good. Right. Whatever. She's in a boots. She was actually able to use a skier today. Um, But when she goes in the cold plunge, I have to, I lift her into the cold plunge and then I have to lift her out. And I'm like, son of a bitch. It's like 6am. I get all (laughs) cold and I'm already like super like bad about the cold, but that's my current uh, way that I'm starting the day. And uh, you know what though, if that's the worst way to start the day, I'll take it you know 10 times out of 10 because she's still dedicated to that cold plunge even if her foot is broken so that's the way the day was started this morning though but you know i mean
1: hats off to you man to you know it would be so easy to not support her in that because it's kind of a pain and like hey your foot's pretty wait until your foot heals but like making sure that you never discourage something that is obviously a really good healthy habit for her to have even though it's, you know, it's not easy, you know, it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass for you and you're doing it for not you feeling better or you getting healthier, but you know, for your, for your daughter. Um, I think that's, that's a big deal, man. Yeah, dude. It's just, Hey, you know what, man? It's so funny. I uh, I
0: was telling someone, so she got hurt at the gym. We were like rough housing. We were at the blood drive. So we hosted a blood drive and while she was at the blood drive, she had some friends over and my son and her were kind of like playing around she hit, like, she kind of slipped and my, in Caden stepped on top of her foot, which doesn't do her, any favors. Cause Caden's like a bowling ball right now. And so it broke the outside of her foot. And so she goes to the urgent care and it's like, you know, I got to work on my empathy, but it's just like, I'm just like, eh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's an inconvenience for a month, six weeks. It is what it is. You know, it's like, she, you know, eh, you know, uh, when you compare to the other stuff that she's, you know, came home sure. with from the doctor, sure. it's like, <laughs> All good, baby. It's all good. You know Bone she'll be at the rogue invitational. When you see her, when you see her this week, she'll actually be on her like single knee roller bike thing. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome, man. <laughs> oh man. Well, dude, we're coming up on the hour. Um, I got a, some calls coming up. I know you got stuff going on. Um, you know, definitely check out the element in the podcast show notes. Also, if you're a gym owner and you're not, you know, on our biweekly newsletter, uh, you gotta check that out. And if you're not On our weekly, EOE weekly, you got to check that out too. You know, we talk about it pretty often on the podcast, but I think the newsletters are one of the best things we do here at NC Fit. And so all those links are in the podcast show notes, whether you're listening to this, you're watching on YouTube, whatever it is, make sure to register for those. It's completely free. It's a ton of great value. And we spend a lot of time and energy and effort on it it's not just like some like, oh, let me spam your email. It's, it's actually content that I think will drive value. So Gabe
1: and his team have done a really good job. So make sure you guys check that out. And on that note, the Jason Kalipa vlog is back. So if you guys have a little bit nostalgia, want to get back into the vlog days, we've been having a lot of fun following Jason around with a camera um, and have some great content there coming out weekly on Fridays. So if you haven't already, Make sure you subscribe to Jason's channel for that content. We have some really fun ideas for the future of the vlog. And it's just been a fun way to get a little behind the scenes of what Jason's got going on, what we have going on with commercial gyms, what we have going on with the team. You know, I think one of the things that maybe we can talk about next week, Jason, is, you know, the the, the camaraderie and kind of what seems to be building at these Tuesday sessions at the gyms, something that people can get a little behind the curtain look on the blog. So a lot of cool things that we want to bring more to the forefront of anyone interested in checking it out. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel, check out that blog. We have a bunch of exciting things coming on there soon. Love it. Well,
0: I'm headed to Austin tomorrow. If you are out there, well, this episode is going to release next week. So sorry. If you're out there and you you saw me, I hope you came up to me and said what's up because I'm pretty accessible and uh, I'll make sure to put some stuff out on social about that too. But check out the YouTube, check out all the podcast show notes, keep crushing it. And we'll see you again next week for another episode.